to the Ramon Foster Show. He's Ramon. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. It's Steelers versus Buccaneers. Really Tom Brady. Really Tom Brady. Yeah, it is. That's right? the test, right? The, the biggest blip of this game is watching Tom Brady and Kenny Pickett go shake hands. It's like, oh, is this the passing of the baton? No. Tom's going to try to rub his face in the dirt is what this is. As he has done to almost every rookie he's ever faced. Kickoff is Sunday at 1.02 p.m. at Akershire Stadium. And Moan, I can't help but A, not get my hopes up, and B, not really have a good clue as to how I'd feel even if they do win. You know what I'm saying? It, if if they win, wow. <laughs> I guess winning puts you at two and four, uh, gives you some hope. Uh, what, what does winning for do what, for this though? team on Sunday? Yeah. Hope for what? Well, the, life, DK. To me, the biggest thing I think it would do, depending on how they win, if they win with Kenny, goodness, what what would they do for this city? You know what I'm saying? What would this do for this fan base? What would it do for this team? I still think there's a change to be made uh, at some point, but I that's what it gives you at this point, though, DK, because why, why is there hope right now, right? It's because Kenny, right? It's entirely because of Kenny, yes. Yeah. And I think this is the point, too. We can't hope they lose so that there's an implosion of all coaches. And I know the conversation continues around Coach Tomlin. I'd be shocked if if there was a move at the head position, okay? Just to be frank with you, I don't know about that. But to hope this team goes 1-16 and, and, and 16 or whatever the games, yeah, 1-16, I, I think all of still a nation would rather that not be the case to be the number one overall pick were again, I asked that question other than trading down is so many other gaps that you wish you had at this point, because we're so used to having those gaps that I don't think it's even worth it. You want to see Kenny do well again. I know you don't like Matt Canada. I know there's a name drop that makes you twitch and everything oh. DK, but <laughs> oh, it but does love his work. You're a big admirer of his work. DK, if if I was in that if I was in that room and we've been Don't in situations be like that this in this direction. Don't be I know. in this direction. You've been we, on Canada, by the way, longer than I have. I have, just, I have. to set the record here. You you started before I did. You were sending me texts during games. I'm in the press yeah. box and you're sending me stuff from Nashville that says what the heck is going on? What the heck? And I'm like, oh, give him a chance. Give him a chance. So you were, you were, you're, you're, you're the engineer of this train. I'm like, what do you call it in the back? Is it the caboose? <laughs> the caboose. I'm yeah. the caboose. I'm the conductor. Okay. <laughs> but, but this is the thing though. I, I gave Matt Canada a shot. I gave him a chance. I was a, mm-hmm. a lot of the time last year saying, well, we got to see what it's like when it's not Ben in the offense. He had to bend the knee because Ben is Ben. Who's going to change his offense or the way he operates in one or two years? I, I was big on that, right? Let it happen. Now that it's happened and he has control of it, I kind of say to myself, well, I'm not seeing much of a difference in the spike in what offensive production is. So that's why I'm more or less – this is the thing, too. I know why players – I know how players feel. And you do, too, DK. I think all of us empathize with what it could be if they had a little creativity, if they had more consistent success, okay? Like, so a win this weekend, if they go out and beat the Bucks, I don't think you feel deep down in your side, you know, in, in, your, in your insides by saying, oh, we're right back on track. It won't. I don't think it'll do that. The players feel good because nobody wants to lose. Right. Right. And nobody wants to grow in any capacity in a losing setting. 
You know, like no. you, you can tell Kenny Pickett right now. Hey, by the way, kid, you played pretty well in Orchard Park. He doesn't want to hear it because he doesn't no. believe it. You know, no, he didn't find the end zone. No. And, and, and this is the thing. Like, this is a new group of guys. Like, there's a, a, a culture shift shift in what's expected too, DK. Let's let's be real here for a second. If you embrace losing or making it a, a, acceptable, one, there will be a coaching change at some point. You know what I'm saying? By right. no nobody to wants be. to tolerate. There has to be if it becomes a culture thing. But the same way as winning is contagion. So is losing too. like guys get okay with being this way. I've been on fields against guys that were just like, man, will y'all get this game over with, man. We trying to go home. Like you don't want that. Imagine how bad and how toxic you have to be as an organization to, to, to actually accept that as a professional DK. Dude, you, you know, I cover the pirates, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, it's not just accepted the, it's em, it's embraced it's encouraged what what are those mindsets like though like you know the guys are pros when you talk to them right yes you mean the players yeah yeah almost without exception yeah almost without yeah. exception but it, it comes from the very top and and that's part of what makes this whole thing with the Steelers right now in in my eyes as maddening as it is because I don't doubt the competitive spirit of a Mike Tomlin I don't doubt right. the competitive spirit of an Art Rooney Okay, Mm -hmm. I just don't. Okay, right. But they're not acting on something that they know needs to be acted upon. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to throw throw a question at you here. (laughs) Okay, what whatever happened to the first half in Cincinnati? And no, I'm not talking about the 700 turnovers that the defense forced. I'm talking about the creativity that we saw that we were applauding. Remember all that fanciness and then throwing downfield and then the. The reverses, several handoffs to mm-hmm. Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. They kept the Bengals guessing. And then, like in every half of football since then, we never saw any of this that again. True. Why? You know, you know what? Why? I, same I, coordinator. Did someone, was there like a guest scripter for the first half? That's the way it seems at this point. But you're, you're absolutely right. Though. I remember going back like, oh, we can be a vengeance this yeah. year. And then he got settled in. I don't I don't know if we call it settled in. I don't know if it's well, I can't do that too often. Like coaches are quirky too, but it's all a matter of doing what works best for you. Yeah. It was a role game. So you had to have felt uncomfortable by calling some of those things, but it worked. Um maybe <laughs> DK, I really don't have an answer for that one because well, it's, I, it's I, like you, know you teased us. I can take a guess. You know what it is? What? I love to hear your guess right now. My guess is you know who they were playing the following week? Bill Belichick and they put all of that stuff on film and they know that the genius is sitting up there in Foxborough scheming for every last one of those plays individually. And then they just got out of the habit and then it became, Oh no, we suck. We can only throw these little four yard, five yard passes over here and to the left and to the right. And they just lost it. That first half from Cincinnati never came back for this offense. No, it hasn't. And you know what happened when they played against the Patriots? They lost, DK. So this is what happened when coaches overthink right. stuff. Okay. Right. <laughs> and and the other part of it, though, DK, is I've always been a preacher. Sometimes you got to simplify stuff. And I think the way they're operating offensively sometimes is getting the ball into the athlete's hand. Yes, that's one thing. But sometimes you have to craft stuff to get your players open, too. Like, I like the idea. Simplicity is best. You don't need everybody on the field thinking about five different things. But in this case, I'll, I look at it since you say that about the Cincinnati game and say, is it too simple? 
Like, is that like you're 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 creating failure for you guys because you're leaving them wide open? There's not. We've seen none of the stuff that we heard people brag about when it comes to Matt Cannon. Like none, except for the first half. That was it in the Cincinnati game. That was it. How about even the offensive line in that game? A lot of left, right, those jet yeah. sweeps. And stuff. All of that stuff was there. And then just pulled Oof. the plug and never saw it again. Crazy. When we come back on the Ramon Foster Show, we're going to talk a little bit about Arthur Mallette. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. Arthur Mallette is not the first name that rolls off the tongue when it comes to either side of the football for this team. But Mallette did something that was pretty interesting the other day up in Orchard Park. It's not uncommon, but he was really letting somebody specifically, but a lot of people in general, hear about that he didn't appreciate seeing all those smiles that he noticed on the sideline. You're getting pasted 38-3. to You're getting beaten every facet. You've done pretty much everything wrong. And what's funny? What exactly? Like, like Joe Pesci, right? Yeah. You know? you, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm funny to you. <laughs> I'm funny to you. huh? I make you laugh like I'm a funny guy. Yeah, love that. Okay. <laughs> love Pesci, by the way. Uh, man, let me say this. Arthur Millette is my type of dude. That was me. I get that. And, and just seeing where this kid is from. He's from Louisiana, played at Memphis. You know, I'm from outside of Memphis. And I'll say this. All sports in Memphis embody that city. It's gritty. It's grimy. He comes from a school that... They didn't have the luxuries of SEC. They didn't have the luxuries of the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12 even, to, to actually get praise. And he's a guy that's grinded himself through this league, and he's finally on the team that I'm sure he's heard about time and time again. Man, you go to Pittsburgh, it's this way. Man, you go to Pittsburgh, it's this way. Man, Pittsburgh does it this way. And guess what? He's not seeing that. He's seen a bunch of guys that he that that he believe don't care the same way that he cares. And DK, that's frustrating. Listeners, that's frustrating that's beyond frustrating when you know like there's certain guys that have to give their all because their all is their best okay and that's what he's his frustration was probably because of that because he probably saw other guys that can give a little bit less and do better than he does and he don't appreciate that type of stuff if we're getting our faces kicked in by a team in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Why don't you care like I care? I hope he didn't apologize. I hope he just explained himself and just let it be known. No apology. Me, no apology. I would go into a foxhole with a guy like that 10 times out of 10 because I know his intent is true. I know his team-centric mindset is real. And DK, that do you, oh, I went to a football game this past Friday. I went to go see one of my former teammates coach up a high school team. I'm sitting there, and his team goes. They they have a turnover on offense. They turn the ball over on uh, special teams, and then they have another turnover on offense. My good friend is a defensive coordinator, so he had to defend against 21-0 early in the game, right? Okay. So I'm sitting there, and I'm watching it with my boys and my wife, and there was a group the same way Mollette saw on the sideline. I said, hey, RJA Miles, you see that group right there at the end of the bench? I said, at the end of the field, you see what the rest of the team is. I said, if I ever see y'all in that group on the sideline not paying attention, I'm snatching y'all up because everybody can have their number called at any moment. And even if your number's not called, guess what? You are a part of a team. This dude, this team was losing 21-0. 
Okay, and you had guys turning around, looking at the crowd, smiling, laughing, joking. And I even told them, I said, that even go for the kickers and punters. I said, because they take that L together. If I ever see y'all doing something like that, it's going to be hell to pay. I can say that because I'm a dad. Right. Arthur Millette said that in a way of frustration in the locker room in front of everybody. Right. If you're a competitor, you get that, man. Like, I get it. A few hours after the game, you kind of nerves a little bit. There is conversation Marquise and I will have. There is laughs that come by. Coach T, when he knew we had a good team, he'd be like, what y'all so mad about? We're good. You know, because there's lessons learned. This team ain't that no, team right now. Can't be doing there's it. can't be no especially not. I'm gonna start picking on names here, but Marcus Allen, like nobody even knows he's still on the team. The only thing Marcus Allen's even known for at this stage of his career is that he's the, the, videos. the videos where he's the one that leads the dancing afterward. Well, guess what? Yeah. It's not all a big dance and it's not all a big joke. This is uncharted territory right now. It is the last thing. That the Steelers, especially on the defensive side where they're missing so many bodies, can possibly afford to do is to not put 110% into the process. When we come back, yeah. whew, <laughs> the only segment that matters, really? Hey, it is now. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show and the only segment that matters. It's brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where quality is at the core of every menu item. Three expert chefs fine-tune every detail, from how classic and unexpected flavors complement each other to the order each fresh ingredient is added. Every sub-burger, salad, wrap, drink, and app is crafted for craveability, Moan. Order these amazing items at the Get-Go Cafe and Market today. Better believe it. Our Hey Moan comes from Donna, and it comes with multiple all capital letters and many exclamation points, and I'm not going to do that to this microphone, so I'm going to go way (laughs) back here and say, Hey Moan! There it is. Donna says, no questions from me today, just a statement. Don't expect Tom Brady to acknowledge Kenny Pickett on Sunday. To Tom Brady, Kenny Pickett is just a squirrel trying to get a nut. But he will talk to George Pickens, though. You know about how beautiful the weather is in Tampa and stuff like that. What do you think Don is even talking about here, Moan? Because I find this whole concept to be so fascinating that I'm just going to throw it in your court. What Donna is alluding to is the only show on this team is George Pickens. And Tom only speaks to the show because eventually if Pittsburgh isn't good enough, then Tom Brady wants to play with George Pickens when he's a free agent. Uh, the beautiful weather. Oh, okay, that's, Donna. See, that's why it's the Ramon Foster show and not the DK show. All right, but, Donna? Look, I'm here to tell you this. I honestly don't think Tom Brady's going to play that long to see George Pickens become a free agent. If he does, God bless him. You know what? I hate to see anybody his, go through. All his various marriages too, right? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I was I was going to say, if that's what he's choosing to do, he really needs to take a football to the courthouse and marry it because he's literally <laughs> married to the game, okay? Uh, and I don't wish that on anybody's marriage when it comes down to that D word. I hate to even say it. Um, but it's a quarterback club in the NFL. Don't ever mistake that. Like, it is a quarterback club. Tom wants to see Kenny Pickett do well because Kenny Pickett carries the NFL, okay? I, I feel like he's like that with all people, except for whoever that was he was talking about in his free agency. Like, you're you're sticking with that bleeper? I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, Tom said that? Yeah. But in, in all of that, though, um, 
all of us as players want to see each other do well, especially in that world of like superstardom. Because the better they are over time, the better it is for everybody who will eventually be a former player, too. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get where you're coming from, where it's nobody worthy of being able to talk to Tom Brady, but it just don't work like that. And just in, 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 in general, though, this will be DK. And we talked about this before we got on and didn't mention it. This will be a Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh uh, uh, reunion. Todd Bowles and Coach Tomlin are real good friends. Um, you look on that roster, Harold Goodman, assistant head coach, Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. Larry Foote is the pass game defensive board, uh, coordinator. And then on the other side, there's other Yenzers there too. Anthony Paroli, who's their head and strength and conditioning coach, trained me in Pittsburgh and a bunch of other Steelers too at their, uh, at their building that they had in Bridgeville before he went on to the NFL side of it. This is a fraternity. Don't get it misconstrued. Just because you see owners saying one thing about another owner and hiring private investigators that doesn't mean the players don't stick together okay washington commanders oh my wow you're leveling everything in sight there like a tank (laughs) yeah i i I got to man it's it's friday we gotta we gotta go (laughs) first face first into this weekend man however we can get a win and i know we spoke about that this weekend it would be competitive. Would be left calling plays. Bruce Arians still around that program too, man. This is a very unique game for a lot of different ways. You go from a couple guys, a few guys on that on that roster being coached by Coach Tomlin to actually playing against him as coaches. I mean, that's some <laughs> that's some cold blooded stuff, man. And then it's, it's it's of course Tom coming back to Pittsburgh or them playing Tom Brady again this weekend. Like a lot goes into this game, man. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of uh, fr- fraternizing. Fred Johnson, a former Pittsburgh Steelers, on this roster too. So it's very familiar. There'll be a lot of handshakes, and hopefully our guys can go get this dub. Tom Brady has made 26 career starts against rookies and he's he's won 12 of them in a row now um he's lost two to the best of my ability to research this Uh, and and the last one to beat him was geno smith which wow that had to be forever ago uh ben also had impressive streaks in that regard ben once won uh 18 in a row Sheesh. Um, so that's, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's that was the sledding. second longest. Yeah. The the second, the, what you see this weekend is a more veteran squad. Um, and I love Byron Lefwich as with a better signal caller. That'll be holding the the rain, holding the keys to the car, and especially defensively. Todd Bowles is a really good guy. I I got a feeling you'll ask me, DK, who I got this this game when it comes I down do. to let's have it. To, let's to have Tampa, it. Tampa, man. Um, I I have Tampa winning this one. I hate to see us go through what we're going through right now, but until we see some change and some creativity and some. Who I hate to even say this word because that was a big debacle this weekend between Ryan Clark and um, somebody else about quitting. And, and Deontay Johnson, yeah, yeah, but it was it was about a fight. Um, there, there has to be some of that this week. I I got Tampa, man. Let's go twenty three. I got Pittsburgh ten. Ten. Kenny's getting one touchdown. DK. Oh, Tampa's moan. defense is solid. 
Listen it to is. me too. And Listen. the Steelers defense is so banged up. And I know nobody wants to hear excuses no. of any kind, especially not in advance. And, and then this is the thing. They are strongest where we haven't been as strong offensively, okay? They got Akeem Hicks, who is a headache in D tackle. They got Vita Vea, who's a big boy. They got William Golson, uh. okay? They got rushers on the edge. I'm not giving them a crown. I'm just recognizing personnel versus personnel. And if we're just going to hand the ball to Najee and say, go at it, go at it, you hit your head against a brick wall, let me hear. I'm here to tell you that Akeem Hicks can rush. Vita Vea will push your line back. It's too obvious with what with what's going on, DK. It, just from that stand front. Yeah, it's 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 ugly right now. It is. It's um it is probably not gonna get prettier either, you know. But I yeah. I, I, I at least look at it this way. If they can pull off something Sunday uh, against against Tampa Bay uh, at home, which is not exactly yeah. the most, you know, uh, you know, unlikely thing, uh, I, I think that you could see them build up some intangible momentum toward becoming a better, more competitive football team on the offensive side of the ball. But then I say that, and I feel like a total moron for just having said it because the coordinator is still in place. Okay, I'll say this, man. I you knew that was coming. I know, but I, I'll say this. I, 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 Every time I pick Pittsburgh to lose, I will say this. I'm glad to be wrong. Yeah. Yep, I hear that. I hear that. All right, Moan, let's do it again after the game. Absolutely.